0: my name is Trevor Strunk, so Bond on twitter and i'm happy to have with me today uh i've actually followed uh for for a while and you know what's funny is i followed you initially for um your your uh tweets and then uh kind of back-ended myself into your music um which is also very good uh but probably most people know him for his music uh dendy crew uh dendy uh welcome hello thank you for having me oh absolutely my pleasure um So, uh, we were actually chatting before the show started and, um, and, uh, we we had to stop chatting because we were, we were using valuable, uh, valuable show real estate, uh, just having fun, which is the content. We fell,
1: we fell ass backwards into talking about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely like the, 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 the one cardinal sin of, of content creation is you can never, uh, have a good time just without, uh, recording it and sharing it with others. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I knew instantly since we were enjoying talking to each other at that point, uh, we should be actually recording Um, the. uh, Yeah, I mean, like, so we we were talking about the concept of play um, and Mm -hmm. and sort of like the way that. Well, why don't don't you talk a little about it a little bit? Because you said some interesting thoughts about the concept of play. And I want to ask you about your music and and the way it Mm -hmm. connects to video games and, and arcade games and stuff like that. But I think probably this is a good way to get into that line of questioning just naturally
1: i i think a lot about about games and play because i work in mental health and i i work often with like kids and adolescents and when you're young like when you're in the age of like like single digit to like early adolescence like your your language of communicating with other people is play like when you're when you're like nine and ten you are when you are like 9 or 10 your highest priority on like the playground is, can you play kickball mm-hmm. and like not much else? Right. And, and that doesn't die when you get older, that just becomes the arts. Hmm. So like when you're, when you're young and you're like playing on the playground and like, well, when kids are playing like power Rangers, like you bet your ass in their head, that looks like a brand new season with all the special effects. And like, they hear the music. Yeah. And when, when you're in that really intuitive mindset, that's basically where, where you become creative when you're older So I don't think that dies. And so when I look at people's relationship to video games, it's like I find myself using the same language I would for um, for therapeutic play. Mm. And I think that's where um, I threw my head back and let out a primal scream (laughs) when I saw Google Stadia, which had like therapy primal scream. Oh, no, not not the good kind. No, No, this is the one where like my when like people like neighbors start worrying (laughs) There, there's something about like, I don't know if I, I like to be a social person. I like to hang out at like um, I'm outside of Philly and, and we had a round one put in. And that like the thing about arcade culture is it's when when at least the way it is in like Japan, it's it's social. And when I saw Stadia, and it's like antithetical to all that.
0: mm. I
1: had a hard time watching it.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, Stadia really is... I hadn't really thought about it this way because, of course, like, really when I when I thought about Stadia, I just thought about the ways in which it's, like, um, a technical nightmare or will it work or will it not work. Basically all the ways that, you know, we typically think about video games in, in, in discourse when they come up as news. Um, but you're totally right that, like, ultimately at its core, Stadia is about... Um, isolating yourself even further from um, from other people. And if you're playing with them, you're playing with mm-hmm. them over, like,
1: an internet connection, never face-to-face. It, it, it's weird in how, like, there, it's a herald. We don't have a box. We don't have a technology. It's all streamed. Like, it, it, it almost, like, spiritually, it feels <laughs> like we're celebrating detachment right. here. Well, Bowl. and maybe they always have been. I, I, I guess, like,
0: there's like there's a way in which Maybe. the the kind of connection that Google has always been uh, willing to to celebrate is mostly about detachment, mostly about just like making sure that you can be alone and together at the same point. I mean, there's, there's a lot that's mm-hmm. useful about a shared Google Doc, but one of the things that is not useful about it is you never have to talk to people ever again.
1: <laughs> I don't have to you know read them indirectly. Or, right. or, or take the risk right. on being seen or, or being seen smiling like these things that I, 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 the part of the thing that, that makes my brain flare white, like white hot is, um, that really like engineer mindset of mm-hmm. like, like, like turbo introvert in introversion and Okay. I know I'm getting far from video games because I don't want. I don't want to think. Honestly, about like getting more than far, far off, far um, field
0: is the uh, is like the
1: unofficial uh, tagline of the podcast. So don't worry. <laughs> right. So let, let's let's walk our talk with Stadia <laughs> and celebrate detaching from Stadia. Um, so I, I wanted I, coming back to to play and when people add me on on Twitter to do this. Um, I was in the middle of a round one with some friends. And if you don't know round one, um, it's a Japanese company. They're kind of blowing up in the U.S. a bit. They are – their business model is to look for not dead malls but, like, dying malls and buy up, like, a huge space and turn it into Whoa, cool. basically Japanese Dave and Busters. And a lot of the, the – um, there, oh, okay. I know that you're outside Philly. Sense. There's one in Exton. There's going to be – an there's – yeah, um, nice. there's going to be one in Center City soon. Um, so they – and i'm not trying to be like uh hype their well, I mean, brand the, the but idea i enjoy of their, their brand. brand is good um, like
0: it's it's one of those things where i'm sure there are i'm sure there are all sorts of problems there's always all sorts of problems with everything but the the idea of taking a dead mall and making right. it something that is uh not just like uh, wasted space that no one uses is um yeah kind of appealing on some level the,
1: they're trying to give it a shot in the arm and part of their business model to my understanding is they look for because uh, Japanese arcade games have historically made it over to the West through like shady means. It's like how most of our DDR machines were, had that splash message that says, you know, for use only in Japan, never, never, mind that we're writing this in English. We know who you are. Why are you dancing? Um, so don't dance on me. You're not from my country, but um, yeah. So they all have that. But uh, Round One's model is to take the excess of these machines, maybe games that are at like the end of their life cycle in Japan and bring them over here where they can have an audience that's never had to play them. But what kind of kicks ass about their model is they VPN all these machines to be online okay. because everything's online in Japan. Um, so a lot of the re- really exotic like racing games and like rhythm games and like weird shit, like the table flipping yeah. game that you see like get viral, um, those are all at round one. And they basically made Japanese Dave and & Busters, and it's cool. But the reason I, I, I bring that up is I was hanging out at one with some friends because it's a social place, and they uh, they have a lot of the rhythm games there, and I know I was asked to talk about games and dance music. So I'm sure when I say rhythm games, there's a bunch of people whose ears perk up and are ready to audit me for all the things <laughs> I love, and I'm ready for that. I've, that. That's endemic to a lot of nerd culture circles. Oh, and there's so, fighting games so too.
0: So why, why, like, games. I'm I'm um, kind of a rhythm game uh, neophyte in, Insofar as like I liked playing DDR, but I didn't have a mall near me where I could actually like become obsessed in the way I'm sure my brain was uh, really wanting to be. Um, why, why do rhythm games, in and of themselves, like make for that weird gatekeepy, um, you know, like, you here's what you like and here's why it's wrong sort of culture, like more so than other video games. Oh, this
1: is a oh, really okay. simple answer. It's because music culture. It's like actually, all the stuff you would read sense. on Pitchfork. And, 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 and there's actually a very big reason on why that happens with the Japanese ones, at least in the West. Not so much mm-hmm. like like Guitar Hero's Dead. Like that flooded the market. But um, one of the most counterintuitive things and one of the reasons that like a game, I don't know if you've played it, uh, like beatmania Mania it. 2DX. So that game has been running since wow. 1999. Like, it's on its 26th revision, and it's still popular. Um, and part of the reason I think it has some success isn't just, well, it, it plays to its Japanese audience. But um, where I think stuff like Guitar Hero really fell apart is it mm-hmm, relied absolutely. so heavily on licensed music. So, so nobody wants to be seen failing, and they'll, but what makes them feel comfortable is that they walk up and like, well, I know this song, so if I play this song, I know I like it. And where a lot of the other rhythm games differ is that almost mm. all the music is written exclusively for it, so everyone has the same experience of going in completely blind and not knowing how the song is going to be played and expecting right. to do poorly, um, but walk away okay. being like, "Oh shit, I, mean, I like that think, song." So for no, I was sorry, just uh, that, just the question that yeah, came up. Like, do you think that,
0: that failure is an important part of? Because you were talking about the ways that like play uh, and and art um, sort of uh, you know hit the same. Uh, mental notes like uh, definitely in play I think like failure can be really hard and, and you know like the 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 constant maxim that kids are cruel is is true mm-hmm. um, but like failure in play is a really important thing just like from a learning perspective like you do learn like okay um, mm-hmm. you know I I, I I can't do this or I can do this or this worked or this didn't work so you see so you augment things I mean do you think Failure in the sense of play that you're talking about here,
1: war um, art is uh, is kind of a crucial element to the whole thing. Absolutely, and, and to like weirdly spin back into like the whole mental health angle. Um, there, I've been drinking the okay. Brene Brown Kool Aid a lot lately, and she has this really uh, she has this TED Talk that blew up about how um, how mm. shame is the fear of disconnection. And when people like the, the, there's this idea that like everyone has this primal fear that if something is learned about them, it will de- deem okay. them no longer worthy of connection or love, and that when you are able to stare shame in the face, you grow a little. And so when you talk about failure, it's like it could be as simple as like we were playing Power Rangers mm-hmm. and I tripped on a rock and skinned my knee. What at, at that point if I choose to ne- play Power Rangers again ever again, like that's that's the decision I get yeah. to have and or or if or if someone sees me in a position of like non-benefit or or sadness and they point and laugh that also changes whether i in, engage with that and where i think rhythm games like one of the power a bit of their staying power at least with its own community is recognizing you're going to go in and play a song you have no idea how how it goes or what or it, or if by whatever conditions of the game you succeed or fail at it and whether you pass or fail in a rhythm game, I think it's, if there's one skill that people need to understand on it is that failing at the game mm-hmm. is supposed to happen. And some of the most seasoned players I've seen just see it as inevitability. Like you, they're like, I bit off more than I could chew. And when I witness people talk out their, their struggle in that moment, like that's, I have no other words for it other than I see ego strength, but at the same time, like, that same community is also the one that will audit itself the most hmm. cruelly at times, and I, I know I know there's people that will you know vehemently disagree with me on this because I grew I I started playing DDR in like mid high school like I I got on that wave when it was still kind of weird and yeah and I mean it was like that's definitely when I of like, I
0: guess probably I played DDR when I did play it and like
1: yeah I like was a little earlier I guess like uh, two thousand two two
0: thousand three yeah yeah. Okay. So same thing, basically. Yeah. No. And it it, it was a novelty then. It mm-hmm. definitely wasn't like particularly. I didn't think there was much of a scene. I remember just going and saying like, "This is funny," and like, yeah, playing it and saying, "Actually, it rocks. It's
1: really fun." Um, that was about it. So, so to pivot off that, on like what another reason that these have staying power when you say like it went from novelty and this is something part of the reason that why people still enjoy, um, especially the Japanese rhythm games where the music's written for it. Um, Beat Mania when it started off. Uh, Posed itself as mm. DJ Simulation. So the song list, um, if you're not familiar with Beatmania, it's, uh, okay, it's the, I, I don't have to like send a picture, I wish I could just like show a picture <laughs> to people. Um, but if you go to round one, it's the machine that has two little drum okay. machines and two turntables. And pe- you'll typically see people playing it and like crushing it and pl- hitting a whole bunch of notes and it'll be like a giant visual clusterfuck, but then there's like a music video <laughs> off to the side for each song. And it's, it's biased electronic now, but when it started, it was trying to be almost a character, caricature of hmm. of hip hop culture. And it quickly eased more into the electronic as basically the tides hmm. of music changed, where um, it started off as DJ simulation. And one of the things that people are like cheering for in this latest version, the the 26th wow. revision of this game, um, is that Porter Robinson is on the soundtrack wow. for it. Um, and Porter Robinson cites a lot of rhythm games for for him getting into uh, music production. So, um, it, and that it, it gets a little bit weird that it, it start off as DJ simulation, but then started influencing the careers of a lot of yeah, uh, electronic musicians. And and what ha- why Beatmania? I think at least to me, it also inspired me to, to get into music. Um, where. What makes Beatmania different is that and it's, it's a really subtle thing that every time you press a note, you are adding a, an instrument to the song like and you can add, you can resample the same note if the game will allow, like oh. if the chart will allow it. And it used to be that like there weren't so like kind of like DDR where there'd be an occasional arrow mm-hmm. on those easy difficulties. Beat Mania kind of encourage people to be creative. Is that you could fill some of the empty void between notes oh, with cool. extra notes. And you do you do you get added like and points for it or? Sadly, no. Um, if you ever get a chance to play the arcade version, you'll notice there's like a mixing board in front of you, and you can put different effects mm. on the sound. I know there's rhythm game people now shaking their fist at me that I'm not talking about like difficulty levels, but I purely play these games when when I when I play a rhythm game, I'm okay. like I kind of just want to hear that song. I kind of don't care. Well, yes, about it's, it's
0: a version of it's a version. Of I know I'm, playing games on on easier levels because they want to hear the they want to
1: see the story as opposed to have the frustration. Right, right, and and it, they feel more like jukeboxes in that sense. Mm. When I'm and I know I'm a minority in this. People will will. Uh, I'm sure there's people who are be like, why aren't you talking about like Kaiden level play or like, and all these other terms that aren't going to make sense to general people. Um, I don't (laughs) care. I I just love music. And um, because that's how I like in the same way that where people can grow up playing on a playground and there's some people who genuinely want competitive play and they want to walk away with more points than the other person. I can respect that, but I'm, I am definitely the kid there that is pretending to, Play Power Rangers or play Mortal Kombat on Playground Equipment and sometimes get hurt. Um, And I think that's actually a lot of people who are are into video
0: games. Like, I think, like, a lot of the... I don't know, a lot of my friends who, who, you know, played video games with me were of that ilk. Because, I mean, definitely that was sort mm -hmm. of how I was growing up. It wasn't like I was particularly good at competitive games. And it's not that, like, competitive gaming is bad. But, like, the idea of just having a valuation that wasn't did I win or did I lose was... um,
1: empowering Mm -hmm. Uh, and and where i want to be able to lean more into the the musical side with um if you go to a round one you'll find a bunch of rhythm games you've never seen before and will seem like novelties and then you'll find people who probably play them Mm -hmm. near religiously and um where i think some of to, to give a really quick arc of it i think with a lot of people being familiar with ddr I, every time I go to round one, there's people that will just stand there and watch, like, these high-level DDR players yeah. crush it. And that's cool. And I, I also recognize, like, way back in the, like, guitar, guitar Hero days where, like, the main criticism levied against it was, well, that's not real <laughs> guitar. You're not actually yeah, of course like, not. playing guitar. And a valid criticism of it because we expect play to always be utilitarian for some reason, culturally. Well, yeah, um, it's always
0: it, – you, you can never have play that is – simply play. It can't be play that is like, well, the, the end result of this is I had, I, I got something out of it because I had fun. The end result has to be like, I got something out of right. it and I can use it to um, improve my job. Or I can use it to like, you know, I have yeah. a hobby and this is going to help my hobby. Um, and even the hobby has to have some sort of like
1: utilitarian element. Um, right. I must now monetize my... Oh, crap. I should I should mention this. There are people who Twitch stream around round one where they'll just zap their phone... <laughs> And like, I'm gonna I'm gonna dump a hundred dollars into Sound Voltex, which is a Konami rhythm game, and stream it. And I recognize, like, oh shit, right, that's your yeah. job. So that's that wild. does come full circle. I mean, it, I I get it. I um, you know, I certainly don't disrespect the uh,
0: the the hustle there. I guess that's probably the wrong word for it. But I understand where they're coming from, certainly. But that's a uh, that's rough,
1: right? But and and I, the counterpoint to it though is you know to, to sideline the whole like vulnerability thing Hmm. fun is vulnerable like joy joy is the most vulnerable emotion um Hmm. i and it's because you have someone could take it from you like the fear that like oh if i'm seen enjoying something could someone point at you know this vulnerable moment and say okay you're no longer worthy of right of connection and i noticed this about rhythm games i don't know if and i don't know if this is just like the east coast rhythm game culture i want to believe this is not true but I have always had conversations with with people who play rhythm games well. That sometimes they'll wow. get mocked publicly for being really? good at a game. I don't know if it's oh, just, like, like oh, yeah, in, in um, like
0: a. Like, do you mean like in like a? Because uh, like I imagine at a place like like you're talking about where like everything is rhythm games, right? Like that would be that would be surprising. Oh, right. Are you talking about like in like a like a like a typical arcade where like. Uh, Oh, okay.
1: Sure. So yeah. I'm just sure. a general yeah. arcade. Certainly not. Certainly not if like a bunch of people hang out at their apartment. Um, but yeah, there's there's something about people continuing to see yeah, fun as weird. I, I I put a tweet out, um, and I'll put put this out, because um, I, I guess I could go either way on this. Where I brought up DDR, and where it's it's like at this point it's a very technical esportsy kind of thing. I know there's a documentary on people who seek these, like, frame-perfect plays of it where there's, like, the most flawless form to play a song. Um, as, a, as of this podcast, Konami is celebrating its 50th year of hmm. existence and they put out a new dance game that is different than DDR, which some people find polarizing. The people who try to do these, like, frame-perfect things kind of snub it. And then I notice there's a handful of people who have been, like, who are, like, Crying in joy because this is what they wanted. It's a game called Dance or Stardom. Um, If you Google that phrase, you'll probably find videos because the game itself has a camera built into it to film you play if you want want that. And it's actual dancing. You have a floor that is an infrared array, and it doesn't care about um, up or down. It only cares about left or right. But it's a smooth plastic surface where the game gives you suggestions. It's a little bit of just dance, but with DDR's actual tangible prompts. And it teaches you how to shuffle (laughs) dance. And it tracks the position of the top of your head to your shoulders. So there will be notes where you have to duck your body down or tilt your head side to side. And people recognize you can actually build a dance routine out of these songs. And it becomes a showcase of who can actually dance. Wow. And I, I enjoy it a lot. And the soundtrack is really good. I don't think there's any dead weight on that soundtrack, and I'm sure people are going to hop in my DMs to tell me why I'm wrong, <laughs> but whatever. Um, but they they put this out there because for a long time, people were like, well, DDR isn't actual dancing, and then Konami made, here's a game about actual dancing, and what I immediately noticed when this got brought over to all our US round ones is that people were... The kind of response I would expect, either people will mock you hard for, for having fun on this machine or or wait until you're gone and then try to pile, like, seven people on the machine just yeah. to jump up and down to see how, how far the game's detection can go. And it can detect two people in front of it. it it's using, like, a combination of a Kinect and these infrared sensors. Um, but I can't remember the last time I had this much mm. fun with a rhythm game. If you get ever ch- get a chance to play this game, yeah, please no, do Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm going to make it to, to one of the level ones now. I,
0: like, now I'm, I'm convinced I'm going to make a field mm. trip up to Extant. But... Um, <laughs> but let, let, no, let me know you first to know. Um, that would be great. But yeah, no, I think like that's really interesting cuz of course like it, it, it piles on a couple of the things that like really struck me about DDR back in the day, which was like one was you definitely would get made fun of for doing the DDR machine in a way that you wouldn't for getting made for like playing time crisis, right? Like it's the same sort of like ridiculous right. thing. You're you're playing with a gun or you're dancing on a a machine. Um but for whatever reason, because like you were dancing on a machine, you were a target.
1: Um, and like th- right oh, good and I, I I did a tweet. I did a tweet, I think a couple of weeks ago. I think this might have been just before I was asked to come on the podcast, um, where I was playing Dance Rush, and one of the one of the policies at round one is you shouldn't film other people mm. without their permission. seems reasonable. And there are some people who will whip out their phone while someone's playing DDR and be like, Oh, look at these oh. freaks." And like one person was doing that, but like filming me from the front, they were like trying to get between me and the monitor, which I found really weird. But like I have a lot of patience and I, I, I'm not an angry person. You don't strike me. But I did ask like you. No, I, I don't have much to get super angry about personally. I think I get angry Mm -hmm. about injustice, but it takes a lot to make me angry. And I asked this person, like, you went to an arcade to make fun of people for playing video games. Like, do you go to a library to make fun of people for reading books? Right. Yeah. It's 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 strange. Like, if, you you chose you chose to come here, and then like, what the hell do you expect? The, people come here yeah, to have fun. I think like,
0: I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it, I think, is not based on any sort of, um, I don't know. Like, I think it's based on a fear, a fear response. Like the the fear response of of you know making mm-hmm. fun of people on DDR was always, I think, like people looking at it and saying that looks fun or, that looks enjoyable. And I think I would like
1: it. And mm-hmm. that being like, well, oh, I probably shouldn't be thinking that like, I
0: don't really want to do that.
1: Right. That's what I mean by like, the, the shame mm. is the fear of disconnection. I think the people, the people most likely to mock people for having fun in public are probably the people yeah, most afraid definitely. to do that. And, and I witnessed this with some of um, my friends when we go to round one and become a weird person. I, I people watch and maybe that's like why I'm in mental health. Certainly Um, could correspond Is that, yeah, yeah, maybe, Um, that I notice some people will play either DDR or play, especially Pump It Up, which tends to be less occupied and there tends to be more machines. Um, They will play, hit a couple wrong notes, get flustered and walk away from the machine. Hmm. And the machine will just play through all of its credits. And there there will be spare credits and machines where people put money in perform poorly at to their experience, get freaked out that they were seen, and then and then walk away and, like, leave the arcade. Huh. And I I don't know if that was always there or if this is something, like, you know, the, the West had, like, a lapse in arcade attendance for a while. Oh, yeah, like, for it, sure. They weren't doing so hot. And now that round one's coming in, like, people don't know how to be seen in public having fun again. They have to, like, relearn Yeah, that. that's really interesting. I mean, especially because, like, I remember...
0: Uh, as a kid, my dad would would always say that he enjoyed going to Chuck E. Cheese with us, and I think he was being nice because Chuck E. Cheese is mm-hmm. a difficult place to be if you're not a kid. Like, oh yeah, it's it's sensory fucking overload. Round one, yeah, thing. and I mean, but like with with round one, like the nice thing, or like a David Busters or whatever, like there is some sort of like general acknowledgement that there are like not just kids in the room, and I, I'm definitely I have yeah. kids, I like kids, I'm not trying to make any sort of argument against kids, but like in a place solely about kids, it definitely like as an adult, it's like, okay, I can't, I can't be here for very long. This is too much. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like that we only have Chuck E. Cheese, right. That we only have these kinds of places to, to represent fun in public. It becomes like, yeah, if I go there, I'll go crazy. Or if I enjoy this, it means that Mm -hmm. I'm some sort of like deviant or I, I like, I'm not fully
1: developed or whatever. Um, and so like, no, that's a really good point. Like the idea that when you're young, it's like fun, fun at Chuck E. Cheese's and, – and this is coming to mind. Do you remember Discovery yes, Zone? Yes, I do. Weirdly okay. enough. <laughs> I remember from I, – I remember Discovery Zone because I get angry about injustice. When I'm a child and they, their marketing says, you go to Discovery Zone where there's no rules, and I go in there and they tell me <laughs> rules. When I'm young, my, my definition of fun means boundaries are agnostic. Right. I – I am going to run full clip. I'm not even going to be aware of where my body is in position to other objects. I just run full clip into the ball pit, and I, there's no one there to stop me. That would be – yeah. Maybe I maybe I have to accept that there is a kid out there whose definition of fun is cool. There's no boundaries. No one can tell me what to do. And I, and I won't audit them on that because there can be some chaotic fun in that. But maybe I have to accept that that is the kind of person who would also – get between me and the machine to film me at an arcade yeah no that's probably true and I, I like
0: but i mean that's their version of fun but i mean and then well i think that's i think that's very uh, accepting of you and i i, I admire that <laughs> I admire that uh, that self-awareness but at the same point it's it's fun based on ruining someone
1: else's fun which like that's that's, that's true. A, well, Discovery Zone. It's like they're not upset if they're like, "Well, we did tell you on the commercial, yeah, right. you do have to put your shoes on." And I don't, I don't get upset I'm like, "Oh, this place sucks," and walk out the door without my parents.
0: <laughs> that would be funny if a kid just like just like rage quit a uh, uh, an arcade.
1: <laughs> Chucky Cheese. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm done. <laughs> um, no, but like Charles, Charles Cheese. <laughs> you can have your pizza back. I want refunds on my tickets. You nefarious mouse. Um, oh, no. Look at me in the eye, Chuck E. Cheese. Give me eye contact. I <laughs> came here for fun. You lied to me. <laughs> Just like filming it. Like, this is this is going on Periscope. <laughs> I need a witness. <laughs> I
0: mean, like, but like the. It feels to me that that's like one of the the and like of course kids uh, go against this. There are bullies that they've always been bullies, but it feels like one of the cardinal sins of being a kid. Like one of the things you can do and be a bad kid is. um Among other kids, not among parents, uh, is take fun away from other people. Like basically, like say, Mm -hmm. like oh, you can't have this fun.
1: Like I think it's bad that you're having fun. There's it's zero sum. There's only so much fun to go around, and in order to have it, you have to acquire it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think like, but I think kids are are not patient with that. Like I I think most kids, and maybe I'm wrong, but like it feels to me like kids are not super patient with like bullies saying like I can't, like
1: you can't have this fun right now. It's not. It's not for you. Um, I, it's not for you. I need it to fill my fun flask <laughs> because I'm going to need it by Tuesday. Well, and and I, and I to, to steer us back toward video games yeah. for a moment. Like one thing that went through my mind about you know the very premise of zero sum fun. I think when you consider a lot of games that are directly competitive, where there's a direct winner or a loser, I think it's more interesting that rhythm games have a vulnerability to it because there is no winner or loser. Yeah, absolutely. When when I'm sure you know with your experience playing DDR in the past, there's sometimes where you will fail your first stage, and depending on the difficulty, the game can be like, no, 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 Here's have stage 2, and other times if you bit off more, you can shoot. It's like, nope, you learn yeah. from that. No, and I mean... Don't walk up here and 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 pick a difficulty the highest number you know about. Right. And then be surprised when you fail.
0: Yeah, and it, it really, like, in some ways, it was... I feel like the difficulty in DDR... So I like difficult video games a lot, but like mm-hmm. a lot of what I like about difficult video games is just kind of figuring it out. We could talk about fighting games because fighting games to me are the most difficult video game. But, uh, for me, meaning like, I just, I can't, I can't make them work for me. Um, but I do think like one of the things about, about rhythm games is like they're difficult, but they do the thing that difficult games should do, which is they approach it and they say, Hey, look, like this is a really difficult game and you can try the most difficult stage. Um, and you won't succeed right away if you haven't been playing this in a while, but you, for a while, but you can still try it. And when you try it, it is sort of like a fun novelty when you're like, oh, this is the hardest one. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm playing the hardest one. Man, right. I can't do this. That's funny. Like, and it's it's enjoyable. It's fun in right. its own way. It's like trying to, you know, make the swing go around the swing set. Um, it's never yeah. going to happen, but it's pretty fun to
1: try. Right. And, and, and when we talk about difficulty in rhythm games, and this is a good opportunity because I know there's probably going to be people that listen to this that would be like Dendi, talk more about games other than beat mania and i'm like okay i'm gonna name some of the other rhythm games that i think do some things really well with with this kind of play um and much like how rhythm games have become enmeshed with the music industry i have to talk a little bit about music industry drama mm-hmm. nice um so one of the one of the people responsible for ddr success uh, is named uh, naoki Maeda. Um, if you enjoyed the hardest songs of DDR back in the, the DDR Extreme Days, they were probably written by now. Oh, I did enjoy them. Um, I feel like I'm going to regret he saying like a, that now that there's drama coming up. But um, Actually, oh, no, no. Good. This is in his favor, in my opinion. I think we all know Konami has gotten worse. Um, and part of the reason is uh, Konami is currently run pretty much, at least this is my perception. People, feel free to get angry at me with this. Um, a lot of people left Konami, and the people that stayed, I think, uh, they brought a lot of people from their gambling division yeah. over, like their their casino, uh, and and a lot of these rhythm games now have have a lot of gacha elements that like design. The game design is designed to get quarters out mm-hmm. of you, sure, and that's fine because that's that's kind of what arcade games were back in the 80s. I like I have a tolerance for that. That's what the eighties and nineties were for arcade machines. Oh yeah, games. it's
0: why it's why they're I'm very. I'm very aware. That's why it. you know uh, rail shooters and stuff like that are so. punishingly difficult. It's not because like, and why, and
1: I will still play them. Yeah. Um, the important thing to know here is that Konami saw the success of phone games around 2008 and 2009 and went in on that action. And there were some, like, like all the structural changes we know too much about Konami. People bailed, um, Naoki who, who basically shepherded DDR for halfway through its lifetime, probably a little bit more than that, bailed on Konami and went to Capcom. Mm and Nowki made a phone game Didn't Command the West I totally made a separate iTunes just to get on this because <laughs> all the when I saw the song listen when I saw who was involved I'm like I need to play this right. game It was called it was called Crossbeats I say was cuz the game ran from 2014 until summer of last year and Crossbeats is it's just a touchscreen rhythm game but what it does really well is recognizing where your hands are on the screen and what your hands would be covering oh, great. um that's its so song crucial. list, yeah. When when Naoki left Konami, he I presume he took the business cards of all the people who weren't getting enough attention on DDR and Beatmania, and made his own rhythm game and invited all his friends. But what nauki does really well, and one of the reasons people still have a lot of nostalgia for the old DDR games, is that the selection of music is so varied that sometimes a song is difficult because it's weird. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, absolutely. You, and can't, you can't place the rhythm, or you can't place like what's going to come what, next
1: or like a time signature is weird yeah. or that like the song itself is unpredictable and that this is a really like ob- obscure person to reference, but he has three songs in crossbeats. Uh, Ken Alexander who Ken, if you're listening to this, let's be friends. Um, <laughs> I hope Ken, so. uh, is, is a producer in, in Japan at the moment who's trying to, um, bring over juke and footwork culture from Chicago and all of his songs are, like, erratically, like, they involve him saying a word and then mashing, like, a sampler. That's like awesome. In, like, just not, not even quantized rhythm. So there's, the, he has songs and crossbeats where you're expected to time exactly his erratic own, like, sampler button presses. <laughs> and they're designed almost to troll the kind of people who will want to get something perfect. So it's a serious achievement if you can manage to, like, perfect one of those songs because it means that you had to... Perfectly press someone else's chaotic rhythm. Yeah, I mean that's like that's a that's an insane act of memorization. But when when I notice people play his songs on crossbeats, they can't help but laugh. Like there's genuine joy happening there because they recognize what was getting subverted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The same way when I when I look at people who play Dance Rush and recognize, oh, this is what the game is asking me to do. It's asking me to like Nordic track in place, and that's what that actually fits with like the tone of the song. Huh. The fact that there's a camera uh, going back to dance rush there's a camera pointed to the player, and what I notice in watching YouTubes of people playing dance rush is that they're smiling and laughing like there's actual fun b- to be had with that uh, um, there seems
0: to be something there in terms of like just the the way that um, the way that fun has to have like a a logic that isn't just um, about uh, well that, that that is a little different than than the logic of you know, uh, acquisition or, um, everyday life, right? Like where the problem Mm -hmm. with gotcha is, is not necessarily that it wants quarters, but that it expects you to have fun on the, in the same way that like you would, I don't know, uh, bet on something. (laughs) I mean, not not to to put too fine a point on it, but like that fun equals, uh, oh yeah. Like, did I, did I succeed well enough here? Um, in, 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 in leveraging my bets, Uh, Whereas, like, what you're describing in terms of, like, the the Ken uh, Ken Alexander pieces and the, um, uh, you know, I mean, Beatmania, etc. Like, there seems to be, like, an underlying logic where it's like, no, the fun in this is that there's, like, something that we're all sort of in on. That there's, like, a joke or, like, a claim or an idea that is fun and, like, is kind of interesting or, you know, we're all laughing at together. Like, we're all sort of enjoying... A moment together as opposed to mm-hmm. yeah like the, the fun here is uh did you did you make a profit
1: yeah well, well and and also what we're defining fun is that like for gachapon games or like really competitive games I, I i recognize that for the longest time people have joked about the concept of a rage quit but rage quitting makes sense if you stitched your self-worth to the outcome of of the game absolutely like uh, like, if you win a game, you, you you have won spiritually, especially when it's, like, trying to dominate something through luck. Like, like a Gachapon game, like, oh, I pulled this, is not... That's not saying something about me as a person. Right. And maybe for some people, like, that's how they want to, you know, bolster their self-worth. To me, I know a lot of my, my personal, and maybe this speaks to me about why I like rhythm games the way I do, I stitch a lot of my self-worth to the joy of discovering things. Mm. Um... Uh, not not in a detective way, but in I, I, in the part of me that probably is like the kid on the playground that's like, I found a cool worm under a rock. <laughs> right. I named I named him Brett, and I'm putting Brett on the ground. He's gonna hang out under his rock. He's gonna do Brett things. Um, but when I play <laughs> a rhythm game, sometimes I'm there just to find a new song or a new artist that I'm much like trying to dig through vinyl. I'm like I had I would have never. Learn to love a song this much if I didn't take the risk. Yeah, well, and I think like
0: it's it's compelling to me because like the I, I talked a long long time ago, maybe on, like one of the it was probably like more than a year ago now um, on one of my earlier episodes with uh, with Roger Clark, who uh, I don't know if you know Roger or not, but uh, he's a, a nice guy. He's on he's on Twitter, um, but he. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a lot of uh, competitive DDR and, like, will try mm. to get perfects and, like, he is very, very committed to that kind of thing. But it's not... When you hear him talk about it, it isn't the... It isn't the kind of, like, like fury of, oh, like, I I am... Uh, I'm always, like, angry that I'm not getting the right things or, like, when I don't get this, mm-hmm. I freak out. Like, because, again, like, that, that sense of discovery, I think, is there for him where it's, like, you know, this is about... For him, it seems like it's more about just like trying to see if he could do it, and just like yeah. a kind of like meditative action, which is different, um, absolutely different than like oh, did I did I do the thing correctly? And uh, if I didn't, right. regardless of random outcomes, uh, it means that I'm bad or I'm good.
1: Right. And and a lot of the people, and and when I talk to people that play a lot of rhythm games near religiously, I, I'm not surprised when I find a lot of the people that are really good at. Um, DDR had like a passion for like track Mm, in high school where it's like the, the competition is against oneself rather than trying to beat the game. And I super respect that. Mm -hmm. I, 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 um, I know for me, like the, the people that I find myself hanging out with at, at round one were the art room kids where it's like, check out this weird song in this weird game. And then we just sit and appreciate it. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, you find your sometimes forgetting to hit the notes. I'm like, Oh damn (laughs) hand claps. But, um, (laughs) to, to to talk a little bit about crossbeats and what one of the things I think it does really well um, in establishing difficulty, and yeah yeah it, it, it it's they're building a, they have to build these games for these different kind of personalities and what they want out of it. There are people who want to just get letter grades and get well and beat their own best, which I super respect and and that helped me get better at rhythm games to a point. At a certain point of rhythm games, like your skill does really transfer to a bunch of the others. And so I'm like, there isn't much there for me anymore. Like, I'm at a comfortable level. I don't need to crush the hardest difficulties. But Crossbeats got me interested in these higher difficulties because once you pick its hardest chart, every chart has like a trick to it. Like, it has a gimmick. Um, There's a song in Crossbeats, it's an MC Natsat song about zombies. And its hardest chart, the the hand positions of where your hand has to be in the touchscreen, they will shift up and down. You recognize the game is asking you to have your arms outstretched like you're a zombie in order to hit them. Oh, nice. And and it you will only notice what the game is tricking you to do. Um, if you're trying to hit these notes and you're trying to hit them perfect, you're like, oh, wait, it's it's making me do zombie stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's a song that you could only get on Valentine's Day because they do like these events on all these machines. Um, and it was on... Oh, that's the, cool. The, yeah. That, it's one of the things I really like is that they... These arcade games will always have some sort of event going on tied to some theme of the year. So, like the zombie one, you could get on Halloween, and right. this uh, sure. the love song you could get on Valentine's Day. On its hardest difficulty, the note prompts will spell out the word "love," and its final <laughs> note involves you putting two fingers in the center of the screen and swiping up in an arc and then down into a point. And you recognize it's tricked you into drawing a heart. Oh that's so, funny. like these little I like tu- that. <laughs> these little touches of humanity on why, like the hardest difficulty. Yes, it's going to be challenging. But they're going to be like, oh, did you see it? Like, did you get the little magic eye, little touch that we put in there? And I really appreciate that. It's a shame that the game ended a year ago. I think because they, I guess Capcom, like, saw it wasn't really profitable anymore. They still mm-hmm. have it at round one. If you're there, give it a shot. Um, I will, yeah. All the song, like, one of things I do like about these rhythm games is that when they're at the end of their lifespan, they usually put in some sort of offline code where all the content's unlocked. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the other reasons I I do see a lot of value in rhythm game culture is that there is sort of like this passive crowdfunding of like we kind of know at the end of their lifespan it's going to be like this complete experience that other people get to enjoy. That's nice. I mean mm-hmm. I, I, I I admire that. I mean does that
0: does that go into your so like I really like and I. I never want to do this. Like this is why this is why I'm probably uh, frustrating a lot of my listeners. Um, but I never want to. I never want to break up a good conversation to actually get to the question I wanted. But this seems like as good a point as any. Like, yeah. does that does that go into your uh, your own like philosophy of composition? Like, I know yeah, like, your work. You have your work on Bandcamp, which is a very uh, sort of share like kind of kind of approach. Um, but then also like it, it feels like there's like a you know, it's easy to access, but it's also, like, you can buy the albums, there's a there's a way to, there's a way to kind of enjoy them from, like, a, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm asking here, I guess what I'm asking is, does that ultimate kind of, like, we're all in this together here, you know, someone else can have this experience now, does that inform your your uh, your
1: music? I, yeah, to an extent, I, I know that when I started putting stuff on Bandcamp, I, and that was just, like, 2011, 2010, okay. um, up until then, I had done a bunch of like free stuff under a different alias, and was a little bit more connected to a lot of these rhythm game composers for a while. Um, that there was this kind of idea of like whatever I put on the internet at this point is probably going to just like be there as like this growing like live journaling through music, not in a really intimate mm. sense because I did write three albums, one involving replacing a butt, um, but. <laughs> Listen, that's important. Yeah, listen, I, I, you don't really think about your ass. You have to listen to your ass. Um, <laughs> I just told, stole that from Dag. Oops. Um, where, yeah, it informs my music a lot, and I i know that somewhere down the line, someone's going to listen to it, so I try to... People, people have sometimes picked up on it that a lot of like my full albums follow... Follow a theme. There's, mm. there's a book I have um, somewhere about where, where there's like the hero's journey, like the monomyth. Yeah, where, where people, it's like we love telling this story. Like different cultures across time that never knew each other, really like the idea of of this, these thematic things that are that are unified, and that a lot of the albums, including the stuff I did with Drew, follow follow thematic stuff through the tracks and mm. in the same way where it's like if people enjoyed stuff that was told hero's journey or monomyth and they're like kind of like seeds you plant in the ground for someone else to discover and love because there's something about that form of, of not storytelling, but uh, cyclical nature that really resonates with people. Mm. I, I find myself always just writing that way. Um, yeah. And I guess there's that in rhythm games. Like at the end, by by the time this game is done, by the time is you know, ushered into like Wikipedia obscurity, someone else might dig it up and and enjoy enjoy it the same way everyone else enjoyed it when it was active.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's nice. And it. It. it I mean, aside from just being kind of like a nice idea, it's mm-hmm. a. It's an idea that really encourages a, a sense of community. I mean, and then maybe that's. Maybe that's what the thing that we don't quite recognize in the West uh, when we go to arcades that like in their best form, arcades are about community. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's a perfect community or not, who knows, but almost certainly not. Well, but like, that's okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and and to work with the the idea and like, I'm sure there's people out there that like made the invisible, invisible, you know, jack off motion when I was talking about the monument and whatever, but um, where music and play is ultimately about attachment and I'm sure there's times if you were to step on a DDR machine and play stuff from – I'm guessing when you said like 2002, 2001, we're talking about like the DDR Max, DDR Max 2 era. Like I'm sure if you hear oh, those yeah, songs yeah. – DDR Max. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure if you played any of those songs, you'd be like, oh, shit. This is like an auditory yearbook of like where I was when I heard that song. And if you already attached to music that way, oftentimes like Beat Mania has been running – it's on its 26th version, as I've said. But I started playing it when it was on its fifth. And there's oh, songs man. I will play where I will that be like be... – There There's songs I'll play. I'm like, this is what I was listening to when I was trying to get a bullshit paper done in high school that I hate. And why am I thinking about that when I'm trying to play a rhythm game in that weird meditative space? I recognize a lot of the ways that I listen, the the reasons I enjoy rhythm games are the same ways people might, will have albums that they'll listen to and be like, oh, that time when. And if music and play is about connection, I know the people that I really enjoy hanging out with at arcades are the people that will be like, yeah, that's I remember that song when I was like 17 and I'm 30, like I'm 31 now and, and being able to listen, I don't think it's weird to listen to music and and be nostalgic of when you first heard it. No, not at all. So the idea that of like I, I think that maybe the reason I don't get angry when someone tries to audit me for playing rhythm games like I am busy forming attachments right now. and in, And that attachment <laughs> involves me shaking my ass in directions and listening <laughs> and listening to like. Deep house. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's something really, really compelling about the idea that like,
0: you know, what I'm doing, what what you're doing when you're pl- <clears throat> at play is not like even if people don't think it's cool or whatever, yeah, it's not really a matter of them thinking it's cool. You're doing something that is important to you, right? And the ability to say the the ability to say, and I guess like this is something that may or may not be easier in music. I don't know. It's been it's been a long time since I since I created music uh, in any sort of professional capacity or non-professional capacity, in any sort of committed capacity, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, but, like, creating music is sort of like that, or has been for me, too, where, like, it, the nice thing about it is, you know, people understand it's serious. People understand mm-hmm. that you're not, like, kidding around or that it, it it's important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but play almost never gets that way. Um, mm-hmm. Insofar as it's like, you know, you can... You can say to someone, like, "I this is something serious to me. Like, playing this DDR machine is actually something meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't really matter if they believe you or not. Like, actually, right. internalizing it seems to be something actually quite important.
1: Well, right, and it's the same reason I would never, like, I know people will joke about people who, like, LARP. I don't LARP, but I understand that if they have the exact same attachment where, like, I've had this character since high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't audit that. that's That's something really personal to them. I, yeah. I think for me, what's also important, and maybe this also informs my music, is the absurdity of, like, if someone wants to make fun of me for, like, for dancing to a song in public, and the lyrics of it are entirely about, like, like, if somebody wants to make fun of me for my music at this point, or it's like, the song is about, like, shaking your ass in, the, in a saw trap kind of way. Like I have to boogie down or I die like that to me is funny, (laughs) but also it's like, no, and it's now intimate and meaningful. And I'm going to look back at this like knowingly when I'm like old and like those were the days I will will
0: remember this moment. Right. Yeah. And I I guess maybe that's the threat, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. the that's the threat of of people um, of saying like this is stupid. Is that like what will you think when you when you grow when you grow up and you're not like in this moment anymore? Won't you be embarrassed about it? And, like, I think you being able to say, like, yeah, no, actually, like, it's going to rock. Like, and I'm going to think it's really cool. It's, it, I, I will <laughs>
1: only be embarrassed. i like, yeah, that is the extent to which I love it. Like.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's um, I don't know. That seems to, to bring back some power to you. It, there's there's anyone having fun.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that that's I'm probably going to see a lot of these games through. Until, like, I'll, I'll probably play Beatmania until the point where, like, Konami dies as a company. Which, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's probably, unless, you know, unless, unless, they, the unless gambling, unless it works out for him, I don't know. <laughs> you know, you joke about the gambling thing, and, I, and I, I, maybe I'll post this in the Discord. Konami did make a Beatmania slot machine. <laughs> it's a, no, you actually sit down, and play a rhythm game, and the keys in front of you stop the reels on the machine. Wow. And it is so ridiculous to me that I own its soundtrack. <laughs> where I'm like, I ha- there, there is a level of kind of like music um, music nerd absurdity where you're like, I have to own this. I have to like somehow commune with this. Sure, yeah. Um, no, I mean I get that. And, and and some of the rhythm games like I I know there's people that are listening that would be like like Dendi name more rhythm games so that way when you say my favorite I get to like hold hold my hands coyishly over my face and and make like squee noises. Um, yeah. There to talk a little bit about like. <laughs> games and where, where I think they're doing things that are really interesting. Um, sadly, most of the f- ones I love are dead now, but hmm. maybe I get to be their story keeper. Okay. Um, wow, that's that's nice. Th- yeah, there's one called Museka, which I really enjoyed. Um, it's a Konami one. It lasted about three years and then died. But Museka's thing is that every song, um, it really focused the visuals, and they wanted to bring in a lot of the illustrators to like design a character for each song, and... When you play it, you can play it like a traditional rhythm game, or you can play a kind of mission mode that is kind of gotcha upon. But the idea is that some of these characters, they also like brought in uh, voice actors to then voice the character. So when you acquire a character from a song, you then use them like a, a, a team of three of them to help you unlock other characters or other songs. So the idea of like, they wanted to really bring in the talent of like their visual artists, but also people who were like doing voice acting and all of them Japanese. I thought that was really cool and admirable. Um, that's very cool. It, it has this really really not futuristic aesthetic, but very like artsy is the only way that I, I describe it. and you play it okay. the way it's played is that you have three um, giant buttons that you can also spin like turntables, and its okay. charts are more about like if you put your hand in between two of them, and whether you'd push forward or backward, you would spin one clockwise and one counterclockwise it's it's very bizarre it it's actually really easy once you recognize what 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 limitations it has um but i found that and cross meets tend to be the more approachable ones when like there's people that don't play rhythm games um if you go to a round one i highly encourage you like taking a chance and playing playing those games um Hmm. there's a couple that are in english um a lot of the really big rhythm games right now actually started as mobile games that, when they had enough funding, then could venture to the arcade. Um, oh. Taito has Groove Coaster, which you can play now for free on your phone, and it's like an offshoot of when they did... It, it's like a tenuous hold now. The Its aesthetic was informed back when they did, like, um, Space Invaders Infinity Gene, where it had, like, that exclusively like wireframe aesthetic. Okay. So yeah. they said, well, that's basically... I don't know if you color these, you basically make, like, a rave... So they leaned really hard into that, and now it is, um, it's is—it's a rhythm game that you can play with your phone, but when you play it in the arcade, you have like these, I have no other way to describe it, but like bongos that you can also tilt. And <laughs> so you can hit the okay. top of them, but you can also turn them left, right, up and down. And they're basically asking you to just drum out the rhythm. Um, I honestly prefer the phone mm-hmm. game more, but it's worth giving a shot. Um, and, it's, and when you go to round one, it's all translated in English. So that's good. A lot of the games are no, still in Japanese cool. and, and that's one of the biggest problems I know round one has is unless you if you've been playing these games forever and you just know how to navigate it without really reading It'd Japanese. Yeah. yeah. Um there's there's one there's a Final Fantasy Rhythm game that was on 3DS uh Theater Rhythm. That has an arcade version and it is played very similar to Groove Coaster. Um hmm. so if you really enjoyed the 3DS version, they have one there. Um I'm just hyping the brand at this point. Um, this is good. No, yeah, Yeah. I mean, there, there's. Sponsored by. <laughs> sponsored by round one. Uh, round one payment.
0: Actually, if I could get them as a sponsor, I would take it.
1: I, I um, would too. I want that round. Awesome. I've given you a lot of money round one.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I, I now, speak, now give me some. <laughs> now, in turn, we have this connection. We have this transaction. Um, there's, there's Drum Mania, which um, I really thought was fascinating because Konami had their own. Uh, guitar game that predates guitar hero that everyone wants is very adamant they're like no they did it first um oh. drummania yeah it like 1999 it was on the ps1 and then ps2 um it's counterpart drummania uh they they now have it bundled this one game called gedadora um and drummania is like part partly sponsored by yamaha so you're playing on a yamaha drum kit and hmm. it it's, it's it's really fun to play um when people point and say, "Oh, if you play rhythm games, or does that is that actual skill that transfers?" If you play Drum Mania, that is an actual Yamaha drum kit that you're playing on, <laughs> and you're and, learning and you're learning easy. really how to hold the sticks and how to cross your arms over each other, um, in order to be able to hit like these alternating symbols. That's like, that's how drums. That is work. how drums yeah, work, yeah, and, seems, and and seems when legit. you hit the drum sounds, they come out of the machine. Um, th- there was this one oh. game, like back when that game was younger, and it. There, there's a really good uh, Twitter account if you want to if you if you want to fall down the rabbit hole with some rhythm game stuff. Um, it Always. is at Game Betty. They are a Japanese arcade out in the countryside, but they are very meticulous about like restoring these cabs and they will go and find some of the really old machines and repair them to like good as new. Um, there was a Yamaha game called Keyboard Mania, which was a two twenty five key keyboards, and that would actually teach you to play piano, and it had it you could link it to like. Dramania and guitar freaks and have like a full band. So that was like rock band before it was rock band, wow. but like those actually require piano playing skill. It wasn't too popular as you imagine, because most people can't casually play piano, but right. Piano? That's really um, cool though. And again, I, the, the draw for, for me personally is a lot of the music for these is written exclusively for the games. So there, when you get into rhythm games, at least this is what, why I keep coming back. It's, these are all jukeboxes to find music that you don't that you might accidentally love, and if the, right, yeah. the the thing to get you into it is like, hey, can you play this pattern? And by the end of like, I just want to hear the song again. That's why I'm playing it again. Um, <laughs>
0: right. No, and I, I think like anyone who's like seriously played rhythm games has had that experience where it's like, oh yeah, I'm just I'm here for yeah. the song. Like I I just want to I want to hear this particular song.
1: I don't really like the rest is fine. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how. We'll see if I'm any good at mm-hmm. it or not. It doesn't really. Matter. I know I'm leaving a bunch out. I know I haven't mentioned Sound Voltex yet, which is definitely um, the esportsiest, at least my perception. It's uh, four four keys that are like a, they're big square keys, and then there's two um, smaller keys beneath it, and then two analog knobs for like filters. So it it's yeah, a game, cool. and when you see it, you'll typically find like super players playing it. Um, where that game is very much about layering effects on top of a song. Um, hmm. In my opinion, it's my least favorite, because a lot of this, um, and this is a weird thing I know about some people who work on rhythm games, is that for Konami especially, um, they ask the musicians to not write their songs slower than 150 BPM, because it makes oh, it too easy for people. Like the, this upper lo- right, limit yeah. of like how, far th- how fast they want people's hands to move is like that 150 BPM level, and they. Um, what made Sound so popular is that in Japan, and I, I, I guess it's just Japan, it was uh, its user-generated uh, content for it. So they have they have contests where they have people oh. write stuff in, and as I'm sure when you with like a million, yeah, like 350. Yeah, beats 350 right, beats really per minute. Right. Everyone wants to write max 300. We are all boss songs here, and the game leans really hard on that aesthetic that every song is itself supposed to be like difficult musically, not, not in a way that is like weird time signatures. It's really assaultingly fast, um, anime trance. And, Uh, yeah, sure. That, you know (laughs) what, for some people that that's their favorite food. It, for me, it isn't, there's a couple songs in there that I want to come back and listen to. But if, if that is, if that's the aesthetic you love, if you love the hard sounding music, Sound Voltex has it. Um, hmm.
0: Well, I mean, I, I like the sound. I don't. I don't necessarily know that I like the idea of just like punishingly difficult. Constantly. Yeah. That's a. That's a little. That's a little aggressive. I me.
1: mean, there's some people that absolutely love it. It does have this kind of cool system where there's a printer assi- uh, to the side, and if you ante another credit, <laughs> you will print out um, the jacket art of one of the songs or some other graphics. So there, there's like a card, oh, there's a card sweet. collection element to it too, and I know some people are there. That's cool, but like a physical yeah. card collection. That's that's I don't know. That's I, I, I like cool. the I, idea of like that, that where um, when when Museca was alive, they had this like cross event where if you love the illustrations from Museca, you can have them printed out through Sound Voltex. Like all these games now collaborate with each other. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know if this is helpful for me. Just Which like I mean rand, like going down like the menu of.
0: No, I mean it's 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 like honestly like we're we sort of I think we're 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 heading yeah. to the end cuz I'm at about an hour and what I've learned from people uh, yelling at me is that a uh, 1 hour is what uh. they want to listen to. Uh they don't, they don't want more than that. Uh but yeah, I mean like this is helpful for me in, in many ways cuz I get to think about like okay, like what are what what are some of these games that I've never heard of? Which I mean is definitely like one of the things I always think about with um with rhythm games and maybe one of the ways that that rhythm games can be helpful to American audiences, like rediscovering play Mm -hmm. in arcades is that like, there is this, there is this just novelty, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and I mean, some of it, a lot of it is orientalized Mm -hmm. where it's like, well, what do those kooky Japanese think of next? Like, you know, that, that whole thing is bad. But like when it, when it becomes like, okay, it's strange and I've never heard of this before and it's, it's interesting and I want to know more like, that, that element, I think, is is appealing and, and, mm. and encouraging, because it's like, yeah, I, I've never heard about any of these games before, and they sound fascinating.
1: And and when I know um, um, people that don't play rhythm games, like, because Round 1 brings in a lot of people. Obviously, it's got, like, bowling and karaoke and shit. But when I watch people walk by them, and they're like, okay, these are just, like, these are flashing lights. There's, like, anime, anime characters flipping around on the screen. Well, I don't know. I'm just going to keep walking. Where... I don't know how, and maybe it's an unsolvable problem from an arcade stance, but um, these are all opportunities to, like, learn to love music you didn't know before. I think maybe it's maybe it's more mm. applicable for me, you know, in winding down this hour, to uh, honorable mentions of um, the phone games that are kind of whipping ass at the moment. And th- these are ones yeah. you could play now. If you use Android, you can get most of this stuff for free. Mm. Um, one I will highly recommend is a game called Tone Sphere which is uh, done by a musician who goes by uh, Stokosin. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. It's more of like a musical resume of uh, their friends and all, all, of, all the people they know. Um, uh, and, that's and awesome. it's, that's it, really cool. If you've played um, Elite Beat Agents or Oendan, it's very similar, except the notes are locked to the camera perspective. So when the camera turns, the notes move with it. And, and that is used to sometimes huh. uh, express things in the song where it will travel forward and the notes will come at you in a very perspective way. Um, it brings that, like, they um, star really loves the aesthetic of these songs and communicating them through, like, the background visuals. It's very motion graphic-y. Um, there's a Taiwanese mm-hmm. developer uh, called Rayark who did three games that I think... Blew up really well on phone, and now they're, they're porting them all to Switch, which I thought was a really good move. Um, they did oh, that's smart. I've never heard that in phone games before, but that makes, yeah, a lot of these rhythm games sense. are porting to Switch right now, which I think is a really smart move um, because standardized hardware. Um, so they mm, did yeah. one game called Demo, which is very piano keys, but it has um, a very specific aesthetic and story to it. And if you really like games that are very piano or songs that are very piano heavy. Um, that one is wonderful. And they actually, for the switch, um, they included, uh, Labo support. So if you built the piano, you can use the cardboard piano Aww, as its controller. Cool. Um, which people thought That's is that an great. April fool's joke. And they're like, no, for real, like make a cardboard piano. It's no, we're, we're yeah. being serious right now. They, they have That's this awesome. other game. That's um, really cool. and I'm, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation because I've always pronounced it situs. I'm told it is uh kitus because it's short for co Um, it is, oh, okay. It's another, like, no-prompt matching game. The first game, um, it's what really got their company going, and I, I loved this method of crowdfunding. So the first game, I think if you pay three bucks, you get, like, 200 songs out of it, and it is because when they started every 100,000 players that started playing, they would add 10 new songs and then make the oldest 10 songs free for everyone with the idea of, like, once they hit a million, oh. you'll have, like, a game with 100 songs that you can get for three bucks. Um, they're porting that to Switch. It That's looks nice. They, they redid it, its art style, looks gorgeous. Its sequel, um, Kytus 2, is one of the few times I've seen a story told well in a rhythm game. And it is based around, and I think this is what, when we talk about full circle stuff, about how um, vulnerable fun and, and music creation comes to inform its audience. <laughs> the game's story is told through a message board discord kind of thing of musicians all making music. Oh, And every time you play well at a song, um, each of these each of the uh, albums are actually a composer or a producer. And when they become more experienced, they make a new post and release a new track. And you're seeing the interactions between these characters and a greater story unfold about where this is happening, because you're seeing it through the perspective of just online forum posts. But it's hard to tell if this is really far in the future or if this is like a ruined past kind of thing. To the point that all these people oh, don't cool. give a hell, don't they? Don't give a damn about where where they are. They just want to post online and make music. So you're reading forum posts and you're like filtering through like the trash white noise posts to find, and right, and yeah. like I think it, it, it's oh, to talk about like really um, cool. rhythm game scene drama and then have that also be the the focus of a game. But like that some <laughs> of the ca- like there's characters it's- that you buy that one of them is like very jazz focused, and like learning that they mm-hmm. that. Their history and how they came to like jazz. So I mean, if, if this kind of stuff turns your crank, please play Titus uh, Two. I think it's like five bucks or something on the App Store. Yeah, sounds great. It'll be more expensive on Switch, but you could also yeah, uh, the Switch, right? I, <laughs> the pre-orders for um, the Switch game. I think it's like forty five dollars, but there's like there's no DLC. You get all of it. So, yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. I mean, I like I like
0: that I like the. Yeah, no, I, I like a lot about that. Like, the, it, it reminds me a lot of the um, the sort of, like, approach to mystery mm-hmm. storytelling that uh, a lot of games have done, but it leads into its genre a lot Yeah,
1: I know I'm... Ultimately, I know I'm just, like, name-dropping a bunch of brands, but... Um,
0: yeah. It's okay. Let's... See. What, what are we doing but name-dropping brands? That's in, true. In it's this, hard to talk about life.
1: games and the people that make them without, you know, acknowledging them. But... <laughs> and all their hard work <laughs> that they do... And especially knowing these, like knowing some of the musicians that work for this, like really bust their ass to make interesting stuff. Um, yeah. And, and I think like when we're talking, I guess to unify this whole, whole thing is that talking about how fun is yeah. vulnerable and how, how these rhythm games went from simulating a party to basically influ- influencing them and just becoming it. I, I It's one of the reasons yeah, I, I want to talk. I, I want to, if there's one game i want people to be able to play it's it's probably uh uh Kytus because it it it's an acknowledgement to the fact of its full circle uh, it, st- uh staring into the lives of people who make music and then playing the music and just like rhythm game culture in, in general it it's very meta but also very satisfying mm
0: mm-hmm. mhm yeah and i mean it, you know there's there's a uh... I think, like, the the kind of obvious cliche to take from any of this is to say, like, well, you know, there's a reason that, like, dance is seen as the Mm -hmm. most vulnerable uh, thing you can do. And I think that's true. I mean, it's not an untrue cliche. But, like, it's also true that, and I think like something that can be taken from the discussion of Kytus here is that like creation itself or like especially musical creation or maybe just creation in general is also uh, probably equally mm-hmm. vulnerable. Just like putting yourself out there and saying like, okay, I did this.
1: Um, what does everyone think? That, that is actually an ongoing <laughs> it's, it's joke like, in, in the game that there's, it, there's some characters that will put a song out and they're like the first comment. I was like, your music sucks. <laughs> and it's of course <laughs> like they're like they're, they're, they're uh, one of the white noise posts in, in Kytus. Like they all have like monochrome avatars so it's like the people that might be like the two follower person on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that's um yeah, right. That's rough. That's but, but very very. But, but that, that's something that's important. Like those background actors in the game actually have like an important influence in the story later. Won't spoil it. It's a very fun game. Um, the things that the hmm. things that it starts doing uh, as you get further in the story that get met, more meta. Um, are... I won't spoil it because some people were like that moment that happens when. You go to boot the game and yeah,
0: yeah. I yeah. love I love that stuff. So I'm I'm definitely gonna play Kytus. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean Kytus too.
1: But I guess yeah, the, the, also, they're I mean. they're doing very different things. Kytus two tells a story. Kytus is like here's some song packs. Please play them.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's that's fine. I I don't I don't I don't disagree with that. Um, well, uh, thank, thank you for having this. me. This has been fun. I I, I love these. Yeah, absolutely. I love these sort of like wide-ranging discussions. They're some of my favorite podcasts to record. So um, it was really, really a pleasure. Um, do you? Uh, so you have music
1: everywhere. Um, what's the best place for people to get it? Obviously, um, they can The, the best Twitter. place to find my music um, is uh, Dendycrew.com. Um, that just links to my band camp. Um, okay, that's where I was earlier today listening to some of it, which um, I, I I don't.
0: I don't know enough about, about dance music, it turns out, and I don't know how to, car- I don't know how to classify
1: it in so I, real way. I, I, a um, thing I will tell, to to and it. this is I know an in-joke among producer circles, because it hasn't been updated in maybe like 15 years. Um, if you Google Ishker's Guide to Electronic Music, it is this aging flash file that shows like a family tree breakdown of, of music genres <laughs> and like how they got distorted <laughs> from country to country. So like before the internet, like okay. when the United States got really sick of disco and started throwing it all up and decided to be like really into hard rock, it didn't die in Europe and then became like Eurobeat and like a tallow house. Like, it, so it's really fascinating, like dive into at least preserved from 2005. It won't have anything like dubstep or anything in it. But um, to understand how, sure. how these genres became like spun off of each other, um, I know Beatmania hmm. definitely leaned hard into that um, because every it tells you what the genre of the songs are, in addition to its title. So there's people yeah. that are like, I just want to play a drum and That's bass song. It's almost become its own in joke at this point because like you can like, some of the genres are just straight up made up. In Beatmania, there's one there's one in, uh <laughs> it got cut, but it's it, it's such a weird song. But the genre was like forktronica, and it's because uh, and I think it's because some <laughs> of its synths are like tuning forks. So the idea that, like, there's, oh, okay. like, like, it, it has <laughs> its own, like, self-awareness of, like, there's some just fucked up music out there that you're going to find interesting anyway. I think that's so important um, to, flesh out, uh, to, to flesh out song lists. That's awesome. Um, I love that. But, yeah, that, that's one place to look if you, want, if you want to discover music and a non-rhythm game stance if there's people that are, like, but I don't want to take the risk of that. Please Google Ishker's Guide to Electronic Music. Um, I'm sorry I cut you off there. Oh, I don't know. I forget right, what else what you were asking.
0: No, you totally, you totally gave me the exactly what I was going to ask, which was what, what, what is your genre of music? And basically like, yeah, just look at Vishkar's uh, and you'll get a sense of like what it, what it is and isn't, uh, which actually is, is going to be more useful to people like me who don't know anything about uh, electronic I,
1: music, I was anticipating uh, the question else. of like, how do people categorize my music? And I refuse to answer that question, even though I know it's mostly electronic. But one, uh, there's one thing that someone said to me in an attempt to insult me once, um, and it didn't work because they were kind of right, um, was, uh, there's a genre in Japan called Denpa. And the meaning of the word is like mm-hmm. the music. It, 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 I think it translates to like uh conspiracy or like tinfoil hat. Not that the content of the songs is like conspiracy theories, but the idea that if you start listening mm-hmm. to it, the the lyrics are so weird and subversive that you eventually join its cult and then put the hat on and become a, and, and can't okay. break away from it. Um, and my uh, tonally, my music doesn't <laughs> sound like that, but people categorized a lot of my stuff as that at one point. Okay, that's, that's that 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 stuff actually shows up in a lot of. I don't, rhythm game stuff. I
0: mean, I can see it in the lyric. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes total sense. Um, is that like? I mean, do they? Does that? Oh, we're gonna get off another tangent. I'm gonna ask this one last thing as a tangent. Um, you mentioned that the uh, that like Denpa is like traditionally very strange. Does uh do people like Ken Alexander show up there
1: uh just by dint of being strange or is it a very very specific it's very specific like, Ken Ken well. probably wouldn't be under, um, okay. under Denpa there is um there's a lot of like labels in Japan that get characterized as like Denpa music I'm sure if you just Google it you'll Google Denpa you'll find stuff um a lot of like music that's okay. used on rhythm games actually this is a really good important shout out there is an uh, American label that collaborates um, with a lot of Japanese musicians. Um, it's actually named after an old beat mania song. It's called, uh, it's called attack the music. Oh, it is cool. a label. Um, they often license their okay. music to a lot of rhythm games. Their stuff pops up in groove coaster. It pops up in Crossbeats um, and some other games. Um, but attack the music is a really great label to look into. If you want to find some of the musicians that make stuff for rhythm games, cause that's their main focus. Um, a lot, and and okay, I, I, th- I think they also understand what rhythm game music could be. and they have I, I know they have a band camp. I know that they have um, they have a Twitter. I think it's attack the music but attack is ATK, the music. Um, that's a really oh, good yeah. one to look into. I, I have some friends that release music on there. Um, but the the rabbit hole of like how uh, of the music scene that surrounds rhythm games is pretty easy to find. Once you just find an artist and start Googling it, um there there is <laughs> right. uh there's a um Discord and a Twitter account, Bimani Style, which originally was forums for mostly DDR posting, but now it's it's basically the island that a lot of people gravitate around when it comes to you know the English speaking audience when it comes to rhythm games. Um I don't know if there's other things mm-hmm. I could offer
0: here. No, I mean, that's, that's great. Uh, so how's B'amani style spelled?
1: Bad at doing, I'm just going to have to type it out because I'm that person. Um, B'amani style is B-E-M-A-N-I-S-T-Y-L-E. Okay.
0: I will be looking into that too. I'm sure others will as well. Um, well, geez, thank you so much. This is, thank this you for having really it. educational be- as well as thought provoking. I appreciate it. Overjoyed to do this Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Oh, please. Yeah. We should have you, we should have you back for a bonus episode where we talk just about yeah. uh, scene stuff. I just let you go off on, uh, on, on scene stuff for, for an hour. That would, that would actually be awesome. Yeah. I let's make that, that happen. Cool. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for being here. Um, this was, uh, obviously follow Dendy at Dendy crew, uh, and then Dendy for all of their music. And, uh. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you for having me, Trevor. Absolutely.